once again, and welcome to episode 75 of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Today's episode, The Evolution of News and Journalism, Part 4. Let's take a look at the fake news. I'm Jerry Lake, the Unleashed Baby Boomer, and I'll be your host for today's episode and all the episodes of Bee Boomer Unleashed. Before we get into today's episode, let me remind you, as I always do, where you can find our podcast. You can always find us at Bee Boomer Unleashed. .podbean.com. You can find us on iTunes and Google Play at Be Boomer Unleashed. You can find us on iHeartRadio at B.BoomerUnleashed. And on Facebook, Spotify, and Instagram, you can find our link at Be Boomer Unleashed. And on Twitter, you can find our link at Be Boomer Unleash 1. And as always, we encourage you to drop us an email at BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Once again, that's BeBoomerUnleashed at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of the show. Give us suggestions for future episodes. And as I always invite you to do, if you would like to be a guest on Be Boomer Unleashed podcast, let us know what you'd like to talk about, and we'll do our best to get you on the show. Well, last week we had part two of a two-part interview with Jed Flowers, the Director of Communications for Cabell County Schools, and hopefully you enjoyed those two informative interviews with Jed. I know I had a good time with Jed there, and as Jed shared with us, most journalists, either in the print media or the uh, electronic media, adhere to a strict code of ethics when it comes to reporting the truth, and I think by and large that's correct. But in today's episode, I'd like to turn our attention to something referred to as fake news. Back on May the 5th of this year, Rich Noise of Newsbusters.org shared what he called the eight worst fake news stories of the Trump years. And boy, oh boy, have we had a lot of those. And whether you like Donald Trump or whether you don't like Donald Trump, that's immaterial to me. But you've got to admit, I think, that the media, by and large, has not handled him fairly and has created lots of fake news, if you will. And Rich points out what he feels are the eight worst fake news stories of the Trump Trump years. So let's talk about Rich's article today, and I'd like to share some excerpts from that with you at this time. Now, Rich Noise, in his article that was printed in May of 2020. You know, he talks about, he opens up his article by talking about how journalists bristle up when President Trump calls uh, their news stories fake news. (laughs) It really insults them, and they complain that such criticism, you know, erodes the public's faith in news. And to some degree, they're probably correct. But uh, the uh, news media as an independent watchdog on the powerful need to be sure that they report accurately and fair and balanced. And sometimes that's not been the case. So the president uh, many times refers to their stories as fake news, and it upsets them, and I understand that. But Trump's critiques wouldn't have nearly as much impact, he says, if news organizations actually acted like careful professional independent purveyors of fact. And, you know, all too often they behave as 
like sloppy partisans carelessly jumping on one fake news story after another. If they think they will prove their larger narrative that the president is unfit for office, and they're willing to do that. Sometimes the fake news can be about a small detail that suggests a broader broader pattern, he says. Time Magazine pool reporter who strongly claimed on Twitter that President Trump had removed a bust of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. from the Oval Office, perhaps hinting at a racial animus. In fact, the bust was right there, obscured from view by a Secret Service agent and a door. So it's stuff like that that these people report on half-cocked and they don't really understand uh, the implication of it, or they don't care the implication of it, or they are intentionally doing it. Now, I'm going to let I'm going to let you reserve that uh, decision on your own. But there's a lot of folks that uh, are sick and tired of the news media uh, printing and broadcasting fraudulent stories. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of uh, uh, of those out there. And we're going to talk about just a few of those today. The first story that he tells us about is the imaginary P-tape. <laughs> Ten days before Trump's inauguration, CNN tried to rain on his big moment by unveiling a, an exclusive information that top intelligence officials, including FBI Director James Comey, had briefed the president-elect about a 13-page or a 33-page dossier crammed with supposedly damaging information. As is often the case in Washington, he goes on to say, the least likely most gossipy parts circulated the most widely, including the highly implausible claim that Trump, on a visit to Russia, had hired prostitutes to urinate on a bed that President Obama had used during an earlier visit. Nobody, no news organization, nobody could confirm that, but that didn't stop them from uh, airing that, and CNN talked about the non-existent P-tapes 77 times during five days. Now, accident, not, I don't know. That's up to you to decide, you know. Was it an accident 77 times in a five-day period? Don't know. But uh, it was really nothing but vicious nonsense. A later report from Justice Department Inspector General debunked the myth of a Russian P-tape and found that the FBI knew as early in 2017 that it was a highly dubious story and kept Donald Trump in the dark. So, you know... It's just, it's just crazy, uh, some of this stuff that they report. Another story he points out is fake news about a Flynn deal with Mueller. During the live special report coverage on December 1st in 2017, ABC chief news investigator Brian Ross made the jaw-dropping claim that former National Security Advisor Mike Flynn would testify that during the 2016 campaign, then-candidate Donald Trump had ordered him, directed him to make contact with the Russians, which contradicts all that Donald Trump had said to this point. 
Now, if that's true, that would conceivably put the president in legal jeopardy within minutes. Ross's report had been parroted across the media, and the stock market fell more than 300 points, but it turned out that Ross had committed one of the biggest blunders of his career. As Ross clarified hours later, Trump made the alleged request of Flynn not as a candidate, but during the transition, which made it merely an act of foreign policy and not collusion. ABC suspended Ross for one month without pay and barred him from covering President Trump in the future, and he's since left the network. So another example, fake news. Another story he talked about was CNN's botched WikiLeaks email exclusive. A few days later, I think it was on about December 8th, he tells us that CNN.com published an early morning story by correspondents Man Raju and Jeremy Herb claiming Trump's campaign team received an email from WikiLeaks on September 4, 2016 with a decryption key and website address for hacked WikiLeaks documents that would not be publicly revealed until September 13th. Was this finally the proof they were looking for? Was this finally the proof? Well, it turned out the email actually went out on September 14th after the information was available to anyone who wanted it. That afternoon, after hours of breathless hype, CNN issued an on-air correction read by Raju. And reporters, however, faced no disciplinary action because, according to a spokeswoman, they followed the editorial standards process. More fake news. Here's a good one he tells us about. Donald Trump, secret Russian agent. After the president at a post-summit press uh, conference refused to contradict Russian President Vladimir Putin's denials of election meddling, journalists leaped to offering wild theories that the performance was evidence that Trump was a Russian agent. You know, we don't know if Putin's his handler, his hero, or his co-conspirator, but it's obvious uh, where his loyalty lies. That's according to New York Times columnist Michelle Goldberg on ABC's This Week in July of 2018. CNN's Brian Stelter hosts the weekly Reliable Sources, a show that's supposed to encourage responsible journalism, yet he used his program to tout the crazy conspiracies. Trump's odd behavior with Vladimir Putin is compelling so many people to ask, what does Putin have on Trump? Next morning, Time Magazine managing editor Walter Isaacson wandered away from reality on NBC's Morning Joe. Morning Schmo, as many of us call it. It's as if Donald Trump has been weaponized over the years by Vladimir Putin to go and do Putin's bidding. Um... Trump was guilty of treason, they said, in Section 3 of the Constitution. says this is treason against the United States. Uh, and, of course, there was no, no, no proof, just a made-up story that they wanted to speculate and spread their venom to try to undermine the presidency of the United States. Here's another one. 
Liberal TV Net's Trumpet Phony CNN exclusive. In July of 2018, he says, CNN's Jim uh, Shudo and Carl Bernstein appeared on Cuomo Primetime to drop the exclusive bombshell claim that Michael Cohen would tell federal investigators that President Trump knew of the infamous Trump Tower meeting before it took place. It was exactly the sort of smoking gun, if you will, that anti-Trump haters in the media had been yearning for since the Russia investigation began, and it quickly filled up literal liberal airwaves. You know, uh, just a little old breath gets out, and man, these guys just put this story out like it's fact. Cable news went nearly wall to wall while the broadcast networks churned out a combined 28 and a half minutes touting the story on just their July 27th morning and evening news program. Savannah Guthrie breathlessly opened NBC's Today Breaking Overnight. Bombshell, President Trump's longtime lawyer ready to deliver the goods. ABC's Good Morning America heralded them as stunning new claims. As Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas intoned that these explosive new allegations are further evidence of the growing rift between President Trump and his former attorney. The only problem was it was all fiction, leaked anonymously to CNN and other networks by Cohen's lawyer. Total fiction. Total fiction. Days later, BuzzFeed exposed that David was CNN's, uh, Davis was CNN's source even after Davis had gone on CNN to assert that he was not the source, the broadcast networks that had loudly promoted the fake bombshell in July published only minor updates on their websites but didn't say a word retracting that on the airwaves. Damage done. Then uh, we had uh, O'Donnell's reckless Deutsche Bank scoop. MSNBC host Lawrence O'Donnell he goes on to say, he began the August 27, 2019 edition of his 10 p.m. E.T. Last Word program by teasing 9 p.m. host Rachel Maddow as her show was concluding. I may have some information, he promised, pertaining to Donald Trump's business dealings with Germany's Deutsche Bank. While Donald acknowledged that his information came from only a single source, and that neither he nor anyone at NBC News had confirmed, confirmed it, he explicably chose to air his inflammatory allegation on live television. This single source that was close to Deutsche Bank has told me that Donald Trump's loan documents there show he has co-signers. That's how he was able to obtain those loans, and that the co-signers are Russian oligarchs that would explain, it seems to me, every kind of word Donald Trump has ever said about Russia and Vladimir Putin, if true. And I stressed the if true part of this. Well, the next morning, an MSNBC producer acknowledged that not only had one of the NBC, not only had anyone at NBC ever seen the, the documents, O'Donnell's single source hadn't seen them either. <laughs> At some source, isn't it? Once again, a journalist's eagerness for a spoken gun to implicate the president led them to abandon any pretense of professionalism with no confirmation from anyone else in the media. O'Donnell, 
sheepishly abandoned his claims the next day, announcing on Twitter, "Uh, last night I made an error in judgment by reporting an item about the president's finances that didn't go through our rigorous verification and standards process. I shouldn't have reported it, and I was wrong to discuss it on the air. But they don't care. These people that are into reporting the fake news, they don't care whether it's true or not. And whether it's about President Trump or whether it's about you or me, fake news is damaging stuff because a lot of people watch these news programs and they're convinced that these journalists are like the ones Jed and I talked about that adhere to a strict code of ethics. Well, not so. Not all of them do that. So, you know, we have to be, as Jed said, we kind of have to be our own reporters. If we're going to determine what's fake news and what's not, then we have to become a reporter, and we can't take everything blindly that's said on the news as truth. Doesn't care. I don't care what network you get it from, whether it's CNN, NBC, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, or Fox News. It doesn't matter. You can't necessarily depend on everything coming out of the mouths of those journalists to be the truth. Because unfortunately, not all of them adhere to the strict code of ethics that Jed and I discussed last week. Another news story, fake news. Blaming Trump for racist mass killings. (laughs) Grotesquely seeking to exploit horrific tragedies for political advantage, he goes on to tell us, some in the media actually accused the president of inspiring or otherwise supporting brutal mass killings in 2019. The president needs to at some point look in a mirror and understand that the rhetoric gives permission to the most craziest people in America, ABC's Matthew Dowd charged after a synagogue shooting that left 11 dead in April that last year. After a horrible shooting in El Paso, Texas, in which the gunman singled out Latinos, killing 23 TV viewers once again, heard journalists aim the blame at President Trump. If you're a white supremacist, you find the president's words possibly inspirational, possibly comforting. That was CNN's uh, Nia Malika Henderson. That was her claim. A few hours later, NBC host Nicole Wallace falsely stated, you now have a president, as you said, talking about exterminating Latinos. (laughs) Those seeking to blame Trump personally for the evil acts of others found support in a March 2019 Washington Post analysis that claimed, according to the headline, The counties that hosted a 2016 Trump rally saw a 226% increase in hate crimes. The problem? A pair of Harvard researchers trying to duplicate the study found political rallies had no effect on hate crimes. In fact, using the same methodology would actually allow Clinton rallies to contribute to an even greater increase in hate incidents than Trump rallies. Oops. Then the coronavirus hoax. (laughs) 
As the coronavirus spread in the U.S., so did the fake news that President Trump had called the disease a hoax. When in reality, he used those words to talk about Democrats' attempts to exploit the crisis. The butchering of reality began just a couple of hours after the president spoke at a February 28th political rally with Politico's bogus headline, Trump rallies his base to treat coronavirus as a hoax. Well, that earned Politico a false rating from CheckYourFact.com. The next day, the left-leaning fact-checker Snopes.com soon agreed. So if the liberal fact-checker Snopes, if they agreed, must have been nothing to it because they're about as liberal as they come. Despite creating some confusion with his remarks, Trump did not call the coronavirus itself a hoax. But guess what? Those pesky facts wouldn't stop some of the liberal media from pushing this phony's version because they liked that story better. They liked that story better. March 11th, MSNBC's Joy Reid misled viewers when she claimed the Trump administration has struggled to present a coherent and unified message about the coronavirus outbreak, careening from downplaying it, with Trump tossing it off as a political hoax to just seemingly scrambling. Three days later, CNN's Boris Sanchez wrongly claimed the president has suggested that this coronavirus epidemic pandemic is a hoax perpetrated by Democrats. As late as April 7th, NBC's Tom Costello even bungled the liberal media's fantasy version of what Trump supposedly said. Talking about a memo written by White House advisor Pete Navarro, Costello asserted he wrote that again on January 29th at the time when the president was suggesting it was all all a hoax. Actually, that would have been a month before the president said the words that have been dishonestly distorted. So can you see, folks, why we have to be, as Jed shared with us, why we have to be our own reporters? And, you know, I know there are a lot of Trump haters out there. I get that. I get that. And, you know, your politics don't really interest me. I don't care whether you're liberal or conservative. Just as we don't want fake news to be reported about our president of the United States, we don't want fake news to be reported about the liberals either. We don't want, you know, when Barack Obama was president... You know, he was the media darling. Oh, they loved him. But if they had started reporting fake stories trying to defame him, we wouldn't have liked that either. The news media is supposed to be fair and balanced. They're supposed to be honest. And they're supposed to report the truth. But we're getting anything but that nowadays. And as the election draws closer and closer, folks, you're going to get more and more and more of this fake news. If Donald J. Trump came up with a cure for cancer, they would accuse him of stealing it from someone else or accusing him of holding it back for some reason. The guy can't win. The guy can't, you know, you know it's a no-win situation for him when it comes to the media, because they hate him. They hate him. 
And there are Trump haters out there. With Donald Trump, there's no middle ground. I'm sorry, either you love him or you hate him. Some people say, well, we voted for Trump because he was the lesser of two evils. We didn't want to vote for Hillary. So what are they going to do this year? Uh, you know, we've got Joe Biden looks like is going to be the heir apparent to the Democratic nomination. Crazy times, folks. Crazy times we live in. But you got to admit that fake news is not a good thing. Fake news is not a good thing for any of us because the news media can manipulate the facts to where we will believe a lie. You know, I would be amiss if I didn't say Jesus is coming soon. And, you know, when Jesus comes and takes us away, there's going to be a man rise up known as Antichrist. And he's going to have control, and people are going to follow him. They're going to believe his his lies. And I used to think, how in the world could those people left behind buy into the Antichrist so quickly? How could they be fooled so quickly? How could they go under his control so quickly? How can they receive that mark of the beast so quickly? Well, folks, over the past few months... It's not hard to understand how people can come under the rule of the government so quickly. Folks, we need to pray for our country. These riots, this civil unrest, there's no reason for that. You know, everybody wants to talk about race relations, racism. You know, folks, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one race, and that's the human race. Why do we have to make everything about black, white? brown, yellow. You know, Jesus says, you know, the little song, red and yellow, black and white, they're precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. Well, he does. He does. And it's unfortunate that these race baiters have tried to make everything about race when it's not. And it's just, uh, it's just a crying shame. And the fake news doesn't help matters at all. Fake news doesn't help matters at all. Well, you know, that's about all the time we have for for today. Uh, But, you know, next week, I thought we might conclude this week uh, on this um, uh, series about the evolution of news and journalism. But I think we're going to wrap it up next week as we take a look into the world of social media. Let's take a look at social media before we depart from this uh, conversation. And then after that, I'm hoping maybe to uh, get into a little history of WSAZ, those people we grew up with. Hopefully we'll have some good guests on to talk about that, and we'll have some fun with that. Well, listen, folks, uh, you all have a great week. Um, I hope you'll join us again next week. Wouldn't be much fun if nobody ever joined us for these podcasts, but we know that you do, and we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Pray for our country. Pray for our country. Boy, we're in a mess right now all over the country. And I think we need to pray for our president. We need to pray for our other elected officials. We need to pray that God will have mercy on our country again. Well, like I said, I hope you'll join us as we wrap up this topic next week. But until then, have a great week. 
And may God bless each and every one of you. Goodbye. <laughs>